0: Chapter 2 The Monkey's Miracle. Searching for an aid to my suffering, there were too many drugs to pick from. And so I decided to trust the natural laws of the universe when I lowered my hand into the duffel bag of quality drugs. Who doesn't like a surprise? And so my fingers shuffled past the bricks of cocaine and cannabis before I felt all sorts of orange pill bottles waiting to be selected digging around. Everything felt the same until, aha, I found it. This strange one felt unlike all the others, as if it was begging to be chosen. Pulling it free from the bag of debauchery, a lone fortune cookie was waiting in my hand. Ripping off the plastic, I separated the cookie in half where a fortune stated. Before the beginning of great brilliance, there must be chaos. Quite fitting, but how did it know? Gazing ahead, I watched the overwhelming blaze roar as fire devoured the entire pyramid burning from the inside out. Standing on the edge of the forest, I watched people pour out of the exits, sliding down the sleek sides, cascading into the dirt while our entire community watched in horror. I couldn't believe it. How could anyone? It had gotten so surreal and beyond my comprehension that I don't think calling this a mere fire did the Inferno justice. It was hell on earth. Beside me was the cat a had given to me and it was pawing at the handbag of quality drugs. Lowering the bag, the friendly kitten stepped back inside and found a comfortable seat on top of all the drugs. A bright orange stripe stretched up between her eyes. She was peering at me before she winked once, and then the cat peeked at the fire, but didn't seem to mind the heat one bit. It looked so cozy in that bag of drugs, and so the cat closed her eyes for a nap. You wouldn't mind if I reach by you and grab one. The kitten didn't move, and so I slid my hand under her belly to grab a bottle. Whatever slipped into my hand seemed to fit just right, and so I pulled the orange bottle past the kitten to see which one this was. Popping the top off, long cannabis joints were rolled up inside, pointing back at me. Don't mind if I do. Leaving the kitten to her nap, I walked closer to the burning pyramid while pages of fire seemed to be raining down upon us. Why, yes, Burning pages, millions of pieces of paper had been set on fire and were falling from the skies. I caught a flaming page in my hand to light the joint between my lips. Taking a deep breath in, I took a moment to reflect on what had just happened. Holy shit, you guys. I just killed someone. That gun I had. Well, I'd never even shot it before, because I didn't think I'd have to use it. But that king, well, he'd gone well past the limit, and what was I supposed to do? King Burns III was dead now. I could still see the bullet exploding through his head. But my goodness, who would dare set the whole pyramid on fire? My eyes looked back. You ought to relax a bit like that kitten. Just one cool cat. Except if I was a feline. I'm pretty sure I'd be black. My goodness, I think I just saw a black cat between the trees. My eyes were scanning the people on the edge of the forest when a big fluffy cat darted between the leaves. I'm almost positive it was black because whatever creature I saw had yellow eyes. What a strange coincidence. And I wish I could relax and see the best in all things, but it was pure hell by the looks of it. Hard to say if anyone was dead or damned yet, but you sure as hell couldn't deny the power of those flames. Plus, a lot of people were still running for their lives. It was a mixture of sadness and chaos. But where does one go when it all falls apart? If I had to be honest, I would imagine this is exactly how hell looked. And then there was that joint in my hand, and so I inhaled another breath examining the orange ember between my fingers. Fire. Why, yes, it's quite a miracle, but such a powerful one at that. Snapping my awareness back to reality, people were screaming while I wafted the smell of burning cannabis into open air. It felt like I was performing some sort of burial ritual. Here I was, excited to be back with nature, granted not the way I imagined, but at least I wasn't trapped in that madhouse any longer. I took another deep breath in and watched more people pouring out of the pyramid, sliding out and into the forest. Well, the party had to end sooner or later, and I suppose this fire might have sped things up, but who the hell would do such a thing? I looked at the cat and shrugged. It sure looks like hell, but I do wonder if this is God's way of keeping things absolutely fair. I mean, don't get me wrong, I probably shouldn't have killed King Burns Third, but life has always been chaotic from the beginning, and he had it coming. Let's think about this. We're living on a planet, spinning through infinite space, and nobody knows who's in charge. Is it the earth doing it, or maybe the moon? And what about the other planets? Is it all in God's control? And who is God after all? What if God is just some magnificent magician casting spells to toy with us? But then who the hell's in charge of him? I guess that's part of God's universe too. And who the hell knows what's going on around here? Black smog, whiplash, dark smoke into the sky, and as I looked closer, the smoke appeared like seven serpents gasping for their last breath of air. Oh my! The fire was reaching towards the heavens, and surely this was a great sign that it was the beginning of the end. Or was this all just a new beginning? Good goddess, this cannabis plant was making me consider all sorts of silly things. Even the pyramid stones began to harden and morph. This whole occurrence seemed so profound yet mysterious was any of it even real? Or was I stuck in some odd fantasy where I'd killed a king in my imagination? It sure felt like only minutes ago I watched a man die when his body dropped in front of me. Holy shit, I did it. I'm a killer. But then who in their right mind started the fire? All I remember is a Mokley handing me the bag of drugs with the cat, but I'd been high on something at the time, and then it all went absolutely haywire. Oh, this wasn't a dream at all. This was real serious, and it was happening right in front of me. Now more and more citizens were piling out into the woods, but who the hell was to blame? Now the group of half-naked whores, the same girls from the king's poker game, were following me as I tried to evade them, but we all looked the exact same. All of us were dressed in tiny tops, thongs, or short skirts at best. We were the king's special secret, and today we were exposed in the open forest for everyone to see. It was obvious we were his chosen beauties, whom he hid from the rest of the world, but now the entire mystical community could see the glitter and oil sparkling from our bodies. Another person tumbled out from the pyramid and stood up. Oh, he was certainly upset, but far more disappointed. He, too, knew that all the fun was over. Everyone was dressed for various brunch parties, but no one wanted it to end, and so I reached down to a woman crying in the dirt and offered her a helping hand. Don't touch me, whore, said the woman. Oh, that's no good. And these fantastic rich people were scattered all among the laborers, too. What a hodgepodge of people. And soon the slaves realized that all the endless work was a big joke to support the wealthy. Upon realizing they were free, the workers took off into the trees as they ran for their lives. Well, good for them. Most of them were far from the chaos by now, but the soldiers still chased after them. Oh, just let them be. Leave them alone. It's all nonsense, anyways. I pulled the joint up to my lips and took another deep breath in. And about that king. Well I sure wanted to forget he was dead. But after all, it was I who put the bullet through his head. Walking back to the kitten and the drugs, I really hoped the king's body had burned by now. And this cat was so calm, just hanging out for the ride. Reaching down, I pet the cat who rolled on her back. And there, in between her paws, was my selenite wand. There were no pockets in this tiny skirt, and my hands checked my bra, but the stone must have tumbled out. By some sort of miracle, it landed right by the cat, and took the selenite stone out from the cat's paws. Rubbing it three times, it was such a precious gem, and it was the only stone I had left. All the other crystals I owned were trapped inside with the fire, so the cat zipped inside. Yes, this was a Mowgli's cat, and what about all these drugs? I was ascending into higher vibrations, into a fresh state of wonder, when I started rubbing my eyes to make sure it was all real. Asked the cat. Oh, you're free to go. You can do whatever you like around me. The cat wouldn't leave the bag, even when I took the noose off from its neck. She was a small cat, a runt of sorts, with white paws like tiny mittens, and an orange stripe up between her eyes, just like the flame soaring high. Go on, I told the cat. You're free now. I pulled her out of the bag, but the cat was confused, and so she jumped back into the bag of quality drugs for another nap. Meanwhile, soldiers were gathering people together off behind the furthest side of the pyramid. These soldiers must have been waiting for orders, and even the generals looked puzzled, because they couldn't find Burns III anywhere. "'Jane!' yelled Bianca as she ran towards me. The queen collapsed in my arms. Frizzled pink hair pressed against my cheek when I felt her sobbing body shaking against my heart. "'Oh, Jane, what do we do?' asked Bianca. Rather than speak, I looked to the group of seven half-naked girls that were following me. Oh, these horrors were dressed perfectly to get a nice suntan, and why I'd never seen such a big ball of fire in my life. But these girls appeared dreadful, everyone's makeup was smudged, and who knows what drugs were still pumping in our systems. I hadn't a clue how high we'd gotten, and now the truth became even more apparent when I saw these women in daylight. It was like I was seeing them for the first time with eyeliner etching tears over their cheeks. Now I saw how real these girls were. We weren't dolls like the king had made us out to be. We were human beings with real feelings. Oh, it's okay, Buttercup, I told Bianca. Everything's going to be just fine. I hate when I'm lying. I really do. But maybe it was just the weed trying to keep the spirits high. It's not fine, Jane. The magic is gone. It's gone forever, said Bianca. We have to find King Burns. He'll know what to do. The king... Why on earth would you go back to him? And how long until she figured out he was dead? Even these prostitutes were unsure what to do. All seven of them had nothing, and all these girls were just as scared as Bianca. I wonder what'll become of them in a month. I wonder if I'll be the only one to survive. Then one of the girls spoke. The generals! We should stay near them, and they'll know what to do. And did the generals know the king was dead? After I shot him, I think there were soldiers that came into the king's suite with Evol. But did they know what happened? and after that they stayed with Emokley. Oh, what about Emokley? My brother, I whispered. Oh my god, where is Emokley? I began searching for him among the crowd, but he was nowhere to be found, and all these horrors were waiting on me. Why were they staring? What did they think I was going to do? Well, I sure hoped Emokley was all right, because my brother wasn't safe with that madman named Evil. Oh, why, I've got to stop calling him my brother. I'm in love with him, for goodness sakes. "'But how was I supposed to say I love you? "'It happened so fast, and—' "'Jane, look!' said Vianka. "'I must have been zoning out again "'when Vianka hung around my shoulder and pointed. "'Holy shit, this was hell on earth. "'I didn't want to look, but I couldn't turn away either.' Vianka was crying again when it happened. "'All the prostitutes gasped in horror "'when the soldiers made it clear "'they had enough of this nonsense.' The fire was beyond everyone's comprehension. No one knew why the pyramid was burning, but the soldiers beat a man from the lower class, pulverizing him into the dirt. The soldiers were rounding up the laborers and slaves, cuffing their hands and chaining them together like cattle. Oh, how could they? they get what they deserve, said a rich stranger dressed as if she'd come from a lavish party. I could feel the hatred pouring out from these people, and it was all based on a lie. This place had it all wrong, like a disease gone contagious, and none of these people even knew what real freedom was. That poor man was badly beaten. They even tased him with an electric current. My intuition was picking up on something bad. Well, it could have been the drugs, but it sure felt like we were on the verge of something terrible. Maybe this was the end, or maybe there wasn't enough food in this woods for all of us to survive, and out here the rules were different. This land had different accommodations than these people were used to. Nature is lush, but nature is also wild. The wind began whipping the tree branches, and so I could feel a repulsion as the leaves began to hiss. Come on, said Vianka. This madness has to end. We're going to talk to the soldiers. I wasn't sure if I could trust the other seven girls. Maybe it's because I was one of them. But Vianka grabbed my hand while her pink hair floated with the wind. With the bag of quality drugs in the cat in hand, I tucked the selenite wand on my hip as we marched toward the soldiers while the gang of whores followed closely behind. Pressing our way through the crowd of people, our entire community watched like one fantastic party that exceeded its welcome. The fire had just about gone out while the black smoke wafted through the air as we passed by people wearing gowns, costumes, and suits of all sorts. We were near the front when a soldier took hold of a megaphone and began speaking to the entire crowd. Everyone, listen up. We need everyone to stay calm. For a moment there was silence. All we could hear was the moaning of the one unfortunate man who was tied and beaten. We're working on a plan to fix the pyramid, but it's going to take a day or two. The soldier paused. Here's our plan in the meantime. All the laborers will be assigned to cut down trees and gather wood. If anyone disobeys, you'll end up like him. The soldier pointed to the man who was not moving with bloodstains across his face. We'll be camping outdoors for the next two nights until the pyramid's power is restored. Bullshit! yelled a man from the crowd. My status got me to the 22nd level. I'm going back to my room right this moment. More and more people were yelling at the soldier who stood atop the mound of boxes with miscellaneous supplies that had survived the fire. This fire looks to be out, so we're sending our fellow comrades inside to do an evaluation on the pyramid's health, and... The soldier paused. And what? said a citizen. And so far, the levels are no longer there. It's all stone. All the rooms seem to be empty, and it's all... He paused again, looking down at the other soldiers who shrugged their shoulders back at him. What is it? yelled the man in the crowd. It seems to be gone. We haven't found anything yet. No doors, no food, no wine, and no more of anything. How? That's impossible. And I'm not camping out here in the wild. I'm going back inside at once, yelled the woman. She pushed through the crowd toward the entrance and began walking into the pyramid's main entrance. What was once a door was now an inner chute that was smooth like the exterior walls pawing like an awkward creature she tried to ascend inward but her feet kept sliding out from under her as she fell back into the dirt leaning forward her hands tried clawing up again as if she was climbing a mountain but it seemed impossible to go within it's only temporary we're working on a solution but we're going to need everyone to remain calm for the time being we've spoken to the king and he's deciding how we'll fix this the king said it should only last a day or two because he's lying i whispered to Vianka. it's all a lie where is he? Where is the king? A man in the crowd yelled. Whispers and rumbles coasted through the crowd while I peered at the other horrors. The crowd had gotten denser, and everyone who was relinquished into the forest was closing in on us. Yes, the king. We're waiting on his orders before we make any critical decisions, but for now... The soldier's voice continued when I heard a door open somewhere on top of the pyramid. Looking up, I tugged on Vianka's arm as it happened. In shock and disbelief, I watched the body of a bearded man tumbling down the sleek side while a blood-stained streak mirrored his path as the dead body began picking up speed. And the king has promised to restore all cosmic order to the pyramid. After all, only a king can bring the magic back and that'll get things running again, said the soldier, not a moment later before a giant thud landed beside the pyramid's entrance. Soldiers ran to the body, but it was lying face down in front of the crowd. The soldiers turned over the man's body while the entire community watched. A bullet hole was bleeding out through his face. "'King Burns II is dead!' a man exclaimed. The crowd gasped. Cries of hysteria echoed through the land as movement and panic jostled between the mobs of people. My eyes shifted to the scandalous women beside me when I motioned to the forest. These were the only women whom I'd met. They were the only ones who I had a chance of trusting. And so they followed my lead as we slipped back through the crowd. Everyone else was pressing forward, eager to see the king's face when... "'Stop!' yelled the soldier. Horrors over there! Stop moving!' We froze at the edge of the forest when I heard the entire crowd turn to face us, while the sun glistened off the oil and dirt stuck to our exposed skin. "'Surely you were close to the king. Did you see what happened?' The soldier spoke into the megaphone. "'Why are you retreating? Come back, girls. I order it!' Again, there wasn't a word. "'Grab him!' yelled the soldier men far larger than us, took hold of the girls and I before bringing us back to face the community. Standing in front of everyone, a soldier uncovered his gun and held it by his side. What do you know? Did you see who did this? He asked. Oh my god, he's gone, cried Vianka. Someone murdered him. She was losing it, hysteria mixed with anger as she cried, clinging to her father and husband. And who is responsible for this murder? Asked the soldier. An unhappy wife, maybe. Bianca was unstable, fuming with anger and sorrow, but unable to respond. And who's responsible for that? I pointed to the poor man who'd been beaten into the dirt. You'll be next if you're not careful, the soldier added. Now somebody better tell me what happened. The soldier waited. He was staring at her bodies more than her eyes. There was a card game, I spoke aloud. When it ended, we left. So you were with him. And who else was at this game, I wonder? Was it just you whores, or were the prostitutes alone to murder their king? Asked the soldier. He stepped forward before his hand raised my chin. The generals were there, I added. I was pointing at the man named General Moe. He was the king's right hand man, and his eyes peered at me with disgust. It was a brief meeting, said General Moe. There was a disagreement between the king and the extractor named Jack, but when we left, the king was still alive. The soldier was rubbing his chin while his fellow comrades began attending to the king's body. I see, said the soldier. And all these prostitutes were there. They were, added General Moe, but that one, the whore with the funny skirt, Jane never got in the elevator with us. He was pointing one fat finger in my direction. Moe was an old man, well past his prime, and his mind was flickering like a light bulb that was ready to give out at any moment. He was the king's puppet, and anything the king ordered, Moe carried it out. Now the soldier motioned to his comrades, who raised a gun to my head. The other girls stepped away in horror, while the crowd spread apart on all sides. Within seconds of my brain exploding, I realized that this was the same way I murdered the king, and so I swallowed my breath when I felt the pistol press against my temple. Holy shit, is karma real? Why'd you stay back with the king? asked the soldier. I was out of words. How could anyone think of a lie when I, reaching into my skirt, I took hold of the only stone I had left. Rubbing the selenite wand, I began to pray with all my heart. Oh, please, God, don't let him do it. I promise I'll change my ways. Please, God, I'll do anything if I don't have to die today. I felt Vianka beside me. She grabbed my arm when I felt an electric electric sensation sensation vibrate vibrate through me. me. Goosebumps ran across across my skin skin as I looked down the the barrel. barrel. Speak up, yelled the soldier. As if I was shimmering, something something seemed to be pulling me out out of my body. body. Then out of the corner of my eye, eye. I saw a a monkey on on a tree. tree. Such a strange sight, and it was wearing a plaid blanket around its body. And now the monkey was waving. It was reaching under the plaid blanket to reveal a yellow banana before launching it our way. Fearing my own death, I stood perfectly still while the banana smacked the soldier in the face. Who threw it? The soldier screamed and turned behind him, but there were only the comrades and the monkey way up in the tree. A second later, a black cat dashed out from the forest and jumped in front of me. It hissed at the soldier, but this man didn't care for the black cat. Rather, he took a step back and turned around to find where the banana had come from. Bewilderment. Pure confusion lingered as not a single person understood how the monkey was wearing the blanket or why he'd thrown the banana. The strange monkey put his hands up over his eyes, then over his mouth, and then he held his hands over his ears. Now the preacher emerged from the crowd with his hand upright in a religious mudra. No more violence, the preacher proclaimed. His shaved head was glowing under the sunlight like a halo when Bianca let go of my arm, but the skin continued echoing with goosebumps. The preacher took another step forward as the sunlight illuminated him even more. Such warmth was coming through the trees, and was it he? Had the preacher summoned this monkey? And the cat? What a strange time to find a black cat. Jane was with me, said the preacher. I was there when the king was killed. The preacher was dressed in white, and even the mud stains on his garments seemed holy. He'd been tossed into the wilderness like all of us, and now the crowd of people closest to him fell to their knees, bowing as witnesses of the same miracle that saved my life. We were all in awe of him, but the soldiers were more confused by this monkey wrapped in the plaid blanket. That monkey was just waiting, content, and watching. "'What did you see?' asked the soldier. "'I saw everything.' said the preacher. Something spectacular was happening. It felt as if I was hanging above my body watching the scene unfold, and all that mattered was that the gun was no longer pressed against my head. I felt the sense of lightness lingering through my skin, as if I'd stepped out of the human form, or as if an electric blanket was draped over me. No more killing, and no more lying. The violence must end if the pyramid's power is to be restored, said the preacher. I was there when he was murdered, and it wasn't a woman who brought down the king." The preacher glanced at Vianca and offered her a hand to help. "'I'm sorry, my dear. Vianca, this must be so hard. But I saw the man who murdered the king,' said the preacher. "'Then who?' asked the soldier." "'Was the one-eyed Jack,' interrupted General Mo. "'It must have been the phony extractor in black,' whispers began to spread before the preacher continued. When Jane and I entered the room, we were simply going back to check on him, and that was just before we watched the king die. I remember how the one-eyed jack was alone with him, and it all started from a card game that went awry. I'd only heard rumors about that one-eyed jack, but he's like a rogue sorcerer. And that extractor beat the king for a large sum when the rest of us were ordered to leave. But once Jane and I came back. Why, the One-Eyed Jack had King Burns III pressed on his knees. That's when I heard the bullet go off as the king dropped dead. I was still in awe of that mysterious banana that had been chucked from the monkey. All of us had no choice but to listen to the preacher in white when General Moe came forward and grabbed the soldier's gun. "'Justice!' yelled Moe. "'I'm going to find the One-Eyed Jack, and we'll give him justice.' Now the preacher was looking down at the king, while the soldier kept his eyes firm on him. Then that's the truth, asked the soldier. Now tell me, if you are one of God's men, do you have the cities? You know, do you have the magical powers like Ditto? Surely a preacher can summon the energy to restart the pyramid? Oh, I'm afraid not. I only consult with the spirit. We'll need time and purity to restart the power. So as long as there are no more murders, no more hatred or violence, then we have hope to get things on track. We should make a sincere offering to God. Then we have a chance to bring the pyramid back, said the preacher. The general seemed uneasy, much like the soldiers. Fine, but we have to find the one I jack in the meantime, said General Mo. We should focus on building shelter together. Unchain these workers. All the men and women of this forest should be free. All beings should be able to make their own choices. That is the way of nature after all and once we are in union with the land, we'll be aligned with God, and then we'll have a good chance to restore the pyramid's power. We're all in this together, said the preacher. Are you some sort of phony magician, trying to con us, are you? Think you can make all the rules? asked a soldier. A glowing ray of light illuminated the preacher's shaved head before he spoke. I am a man of God's love. I wish peace for all his people. Now promise this community will be safe from violence. Promise them you will put down your guns, said the preacher. General Moe came face to face with the preacher. You pray to God, and yet you have no powers. You walk around like you alone are God's holy man. But who said you are in charge? Did God? Because out here, you listen to me. Now the king is dead, and I am the closest in command, and everyone will obey my orders. Once we find that jack, I'm going to settle this. All the slaves stay chained. They work for me now, said General Moe. There was a pause when the wind whispered through the trees. That monkey was nodding his head as if he was chatting with the breeze. You are not the highest in command, said Bianca with a tear stretching down her eye. I am the queen and these are my people. They are free to choose who they obey. The general was biting his teeth before he spoke to the crowd. Bullshit! The people will never listen to a woman. They will obey me and I am not releasing our laborers. I am the reason we will survive. We are going to find the one I jack, and whoever finds him will be rewarded. Find the one I jack, and I will make him pay, yelled the general to the crowd. Looking to the preacher, he winked at me out of the corner of his eyes and grabbed hold of Bianca's hand as he led us through the crowd away from the masses. Only after we were into the outskirts of the forest did I find the courage to speak. You lied. A lie, asked the preacher. Not quite. I told them how I saw someone with a man's body kill the king. Was I wrong? His eyes didn't look at me, but rather he stayed focused on the path ahead. Did anyone else know what I was hiding under this skirt? And you, said the preacher, you've got some explaining to do, Vianca. All the king's prostitutes were following us through the trees. It was silent until the preacher turned to face Vianca. I didn't know you worked with the spirit. I wish to pay my respects to the woman responsible for today's miracle. "'How did you call upon that monkey?' asked the preacher. "'The monkey?' she paused. "'That wasn't me. Or I don't think I did it. I just—' "'Not you. Then who?' said the preacher. Before she could respond, that mysterious black cat came dashing out of the woods and pressed its head against my shin, and now we seemed to be following it as it led us into the wilderness. A Mowgli's cat jumped out of the bag of quality drugs and began walking beside our new black feline friend.' I did invoke a spell for protection. All I did was ask the spirit to save Jane," said Vianca. Both of these cats trotted happily as they led us deeper into the woods. The spirit works in mysterious ways, but I'm quite curious about that one," said the preacher pointing to the new cat. When a black cat appears during a time like that, well, it tends to be the work of a witch. I noted what he was getting at. Why, yes, that's true. And a cat with long black hair, well, it seems familiar have I seen you in a dream? asked Vianka. You think it's a witch? asked the preacher. The cat? More like a sorceress. And it might not be the only one among us, said Vianka. She turned her head to look at the seven half-naked women following behind us. Is that so? asked the preacher. Vianka smiled. Then so did the preacher, but neither said another word as we followed the tale of one black cat.